I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Hello and welcome to Dragonheart. It's a strange one today because we're doing it from the ground. Look, there's there's <laughs> there's Oldham's manager. Uh, <laughs> Remember, it's a radio show, so don't look if you're listening on the radio. You yeah, hurt if, your brain. if you watch on YouTube, <laughs> there's Oldham's manager. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, the Oldham game, of course, and a bit on the FA Cup. Um, I'm Neil and Mark are going to be talking about the troubles of the club, and I'm joined by Neil and Mark. This is handy, really. Yeah, this is is handy, isn't it? Bit of a strange one today, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I liked your camera work there when you turned it around to show the race course. And not only because, like I said, in audio format, it's a strange move, but an exciting one. But also because you then returned the camera back to a position where Neil wasn't in the picture, which I thought was a very smooth piece of work. Neil, I had your back, Neil. Don't worry. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, should we get on with the show then? If we don't, this, we'll get sacked. This is Dragonheart. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragonheart. Well, Oldham, and this is the most initial reaction I've ever had on Dragonheart. It's <laughs> yes. straight after the game. This is usually a hot take podcast, but Oldham, that was a fun game, wasn't it, Mark? It was, and it just shows for me the progression that we're enjoying at the moment, which is really, really important. You know, this team, we were talking about it all season, you know, it took a bit of time to gel. It looks gelled now, these new players are settled into it, the movement, the passing was excellent, and, and poor Oldham couldn't live with it, really, could they? You know, they're like a well-oiled t- you know, machine now, aren't they? Yeah. Everybody knows where what their positions are, what their, what their duties are. Um, and they're getting to know where their players are going to be, which is, is why it's made it such a great game to watch this afternoon because the passing, you know, the attacking was, as I say, one of the best I've seen all season. And um, even though it was only 3 0, it should have been a lot more. A um, few blocks, a couple of blocks on the line, but a, a great game to watch. And I'm sure all the 9,000 plus fans in the ground, apart from the older ones, will have enjoyed the game. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a proper tie, wasn't it? A proper FA mm. Cup tie. I think both fans, sets of fans, played their part, didn't they? The atmosphere was great. And to be fair to Oldham, Mark, they, they they weren't a bad side. I thought they, they weren't the worst side I've seen at the race course this season. I sort of think, and that maybe seem cruel, I think they are a bad side, but they have it in them to perform well yeah. on occasions. And I think there were elements that they did today that were good. Yeah. And I think they had the guts to come at us, which was good. And, you know, they did have quite a lot of the ball in our half. But uh, ultimately, and I can't take credit for this this line because Neil was saying it all through the match, and he was quite right, they didn't really trouble us defensively, which is down partly to the fact that maybe they haven't got the great quality up front, but yeah. also to the fact that our defensive unit at the moment it looks great and when you think about you know after the Barnet game we win 7-5 and yeah. people are talking about their concerns about our defence yeah. you're not getting people talking about that now even, are you? even as close as you know the Blythe game where we were yeah, comfortable 3-0 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. up and you know they, we gave away two sloppy goals mm. um, but as I said earlier you know since Tunnicliffe come in the whole defence seems a lot stronger Howard has got confidence in them you know, I've, I've said, you know, Clueth has been a great, great servant as, as a defender for the club and not taking anything away from him. He's, he's been a great player and he's only a young lad, so he, he's still developing. Mm. So, you know, this this break away from him may do him a world of good, you know. Mm. 
but we, we've seen so solid in defence. That's for three games now, three clean sheets, um, which is you know great, great for the team. Um, you can see confidence oozing out of this team at the moment, yeah. and you know just totally off random. The Oldham guys had left a bag up here, and he, I took it down to him. He said thank you very much, and he said well done Wrexham and, I, and he said oh we'll take the three points off you in the league and I wanted to be arrogant and say well we'll have won the league by then so we'll give you the three points for you to stay up but I didn't oh. <laughs> I, I bit my t- tongue and walked away from it uh, they, they're great they're great guys the olden commentators they but are. We, we did yeah. hear at one point where I said Let, can we try and do a triumphant ending to the game it was a, it was a corner to them with about yeah. a minute left Wrexham were winning 3-0 and, and absolutely thrashing them and yeah, the, uh, they did say um, they could set up a, a goal now. They'll set up a grandstand finish. Don't think enough. Don't think it well to be honest. <laughs> <No. laughs> you know, you've been at arm's length all games. So, What's Mr. Uh, Mullen doing? Coming up here for? Oh uh, well, oh, he's, he's going for man of the match. Yeah, he's going up for the man of the match. So yeah, you got <laughs> Paul Mullen making a long distance appearance behind the cameras <laughs> of Dragonheart. So, hi Paul. I'm playing, mate. The. Uh, Nice little cameo there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> thought he would have come over and actually had a quick chat with us, wouldn't you? But he's obviously well, got no, rushed down asked. to do the man of yeah. the match. We should have asked. Yeah, we should have asked, yeah. Obviously, yeah. They're, they're after him to be yeah. presented the man of the match trophy exactly. down in the... Yeah, yeah. Although, to be fair, he was carrying a foil um, that would be container lunch. with a cardboard on top. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... Or he's got a part-time job at Just Eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe he's delivering something swiftly. So. Well, he's been delivering goals, hasn't he? So, oh! And I think, I think <laughs> segue of the year. Mr. Smooth. He's been delivering goals. <laughs> two goals today, and we didn't name him, name him man of the match in our no, no. commentary, which says a hell of a lot about this team, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It could have been any one of a number of players man of the match today, because they were all superb. Even Hayden was brilliant today, you Not know. One player put a foot wrong out there today, mm. you know. So, that was an FA Cup win. It wasn't in the league, which some people may say unfortunate, but... We're in the next the hat. We're in the hat for the next round. Neil, mm. some big teams now, isn't there in League One and League Two? Yeah. We were talking about this earlier, and we remember, we guys, by the time this goes out, the draw will have been made. So mm. speculation about who we want to draw. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, will be moot. Okay, but there's some big sides, isn't there? Yeah. Hopefully, yes, we draw one sides. of them. Yes. There's some big sides in League One too, and I, I, that, and I hope we get one of them. I don't. I want a nice, easy home game against some bunch of no-hopers. Yeah, yeah but those no-hopers those no no hope. look at Blythe. They, yeah. they give us a lot more problems than what they, Oldham give they us. They raise their game to, you know, yeah, if they're yeah. the underdogs. They'll like like Oldham just did. Yeah. And got destroyed. I, I agree, like, but... Like, yeah, but like Oldham not, did Oldham when he came here and he put six goals past them. I'm sorry, like Barnes when he put seven goals past Oldham them. aren't underdogs against mad. us, are they? Yes, they are. They are at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but they're not... They're not like... They're still in the same league as us. Let's not get too... Arrogant here. I'm not arrogant. I'm realistic. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I've got to say, I'd like a big side because I think we could beat yeah. many sides. In I, I don't doubt two. that. But I, I, I just say, let's get a nice easy passage to the third round when we can beat Man City. <laughs> or Shrewsbury at home. Beat do it hard. They beat Shrewsbury, and then no, no. I, said, I, I want the easy game at home. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> I would accept any tie at home. To be honest here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, because I think. At the moment, we're unbeatable at home. I, I'd like the tie that would make us the most money. That is a fair comment. For the next and two that rounds. that would be Man City in the third round, so let's get an easy you think tie. Man City or Man United? Okay, no, Man City would not be the best money, would it? Yeah, Unless it'd be Man United or Liverpool, wouldn't it? Or well, don't, they, don't Man City like, just leave wads of notes under the seats in the changing dressing rooms because there's cash everywhere? 
Yeah. They're hiding it from UEFA. Re- aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, <laughs> there'll be no fans there. There'll be more Wrexham fans than City fans <laughs> yeah, that's there. Tra- if, yeah, that's, if, that's true. If, <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of somebody who got to a to watch a Champions League quarter-final match at Man City yeah. because they couldn't sell it out. Um, yeah, that is that when is a fair comment. I mean, that's <laughs> where, pretty where, mad, isn't it? When you're um, advertising your tickets on Very and things like that, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a concern. And there were problems because there were so many Liverpool fans in the stand Yeah, that it, it, there were issues, and it's like, well... So sell, Man City tickets, would be, be maybe one of the better ones to get in the third round to be able to get a ticket. There you go, exactly. And like a Wrexham home game, you can get tickets for that, can't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Very uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah. we've gone away from the game and what happened today in front of us, which I think was uh, last uh, Sunday, of course. Last Sunday. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think people can tell. We, yeah. well, we, did, we did say we, we did recorded say it on the day. We did. We I'll did, let we you did. off that. And I think you know, <laughs> best game of the season I've played. The I best quality so. football. I think so. You know, another couple of great goals, work goals. Um, we're only going to get stronger as the season goes on, and you know, hopefully, come March, we'll be quite clear at the top of the table. But we've got a big game on Scunthorpe away on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, a, an important thing we saw as well, I thought, like you said, was that Dolby has illustrated as our strength and depth. You know, I mean, other players have done that. You know, Mondi and McFadden, for example, at wing back, having forward Hosanna Hall Johnson at right wing back, uh, Tunnicliffe coming in. But we're really starting to see the benefit of the players we brought in in the summer. Lee looks assimilated in the system. Dolby looks like a player you'd be comfortable to have in the side if we needed him. It's yeah. a quality they've yeah. got, isn't it? Mm. You know, their dribbling spills, their uh, skills, their turns, the way they can go one way than the other and just glide past the defender. You know, it's it's made just a huge difference. And you know, the defenders are scared of our of our, our team now. You know, yeah, the wing backs have been excellent, haven't they today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got Mendy still injured as well. Yeah, it just yeah. shows and Hall the Johnson. depth. And Hall Johnson. So, you know, that's, exactly. that's crazy depth in each position. Mm. And, you know, is, is there a position on the pitch that we actually do need to sign someone? I don't think there's any urgent no. need. No there, urgent right? need unless we get an injury yeah. to a striker maybe. Yeah, then we yeah. maybe need to get someone in to cover Mullen yeah. or Palmer or someone. But other than that, I think it's just... You know, maybe Kai Evans could do a job, though. That's the thing. Well, you know, that was another nice thing today. That yeah. you know, we were so comfortable on the pitch that you know, Parkinson saw it fit that we could actually bring on Kai yeah. Evans just yeah. to give him a, a run out with the first team in front. And you know, I don't think he's ever played in front of such a big crowd before. So uh, good for him. Mm. Good for him to get used to being out there on the pitch in front of a big crowd. Uh, McAlinden came on, didn't do a lot wrong, but he didn't have a lot to do either. So um, yeah, and we've got so much depth in this squad now Lennon was on the bench today as well which was um, he? yeah yeah, sure. yeah he was yeah, yeah. yeah. so Harry Lennon yeah Harry Lennon, yeah, Harry yeah. Le- Harry Lennon was uh, warming just, up yeah. just read his name and didn't even think about Harry it Harry Lennon himself. yeah yeah he, oh, he was on the bench no so he's he's coming back from injury half as well yeah, yeah. you know the start so we, of the last season we've got so much coverage there on the pitch you know Darby I don't doubt him now he has, if he has to step in for either Mullin or Palmer for whatever reason he, he's he's been a great acquisition yeah. Um, the he's number of headers well. he won. He's got pace as well. Maybe not as strong as Palmer, but he's got he's got pace. He's got a different sort of presence to Palmer, yeah. isn't yeah. he? He's a different type of target now. I think yeah. Palmer's scrappy, isn't he? And he's fighting mm-hmm. for things. Where I think Dalby anticipates things a little bit differently. Not 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 yeah. worse, but 
He's he's more of your traditional target man, isn't he? He's looking to time his jumps and and beat people, which is good. And he he won plenty of head, which is what he did well. But he struggled to get change out of Okagbire, who's the right-sided centre-back, who I think is a quality player. He's still a teenager, but he's he's massive. because he was a bit too strong for him and then he had trouble with the central midfield the centre-back of the three um, Lewis Maynard because he's incredibly experienced and was having hold of, hand, hold of his shirt all the time and the referee was allowing it to happen yeah. so that caused him a problem um, but then when Palmer came on he, he seemed to be like deliberately targeting Okabiri and bullying him and you sort of think Geez. I mean that's not a criticism of Dolby at yeah. all but a, a comment on the quality and strength of Palmer that he can come on but yeah, and that, a bloke who looks massive and just start knocking him about but that's brilliant. the beauty we can bring yeah. you know Palmer on to replace Dolby on the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know our team is not weakened at all when we wrote on our subs where you know previous seasons but, you think oh sugar yeah we had to make that sub because of whatever, and it maybe weakened the team. But uh, we aren't weakened if we, you know, if we change it around to start this. We're starting live and either, are we? So yeah. it's it, it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's, it's brilliant. A great brilliant time, time to be a Wrexham fan, yeah, isn't it? Really it's really is. time. It's yeah. just so enjoyable. You're coming down every week, and you know, even though we only won one nil on Tuesday night, it was still yeah a comfortable one nil yeah. win. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, very comfortable. Um, going back to Kai Evans for a second and apart from the fact that it's really nice to see a, a, a local lad coming on again and and the way that you could hear the, the crowd were just like cheering him on yeah. a bit extra weren't yeah. they and he had made a couple of nice little runs off the ball that people didn't spot or they didn't quite find him but he looked lively but apart from that which is wonderful it really shows the value of having that reserve team because yeah. he's been regularly playing in the reserves. He's been regularly scoring in the reserves. Got a fantastic free kick a couple of weeks ago, and it's nice to have that. And for the young lads to then see that Parkinson will use you if you perform in the reserves. And indeed, you know, he's put him on ahead of experienced players there to, to give him a game. Well, we had Bickerstaff on the on the bench yeah. as well. Would be yeah. nice for him to come on and, and get some experience as well. But there'll be time you know some this, yeah. sometimes this season you know when we're comfortable winning games you know these players will come on I mean we have the beauty of being able to put five subs on in, in an FA Cup game where normally we're going to bring three three on which helps Parkinson rotate a little bit but um, there'll come a time and, and I'm sure that as Mark said you know they're developing in, in the reserve team playing playing alongside the, the likes of Dolby and yeah, that that extended bench would really suit us in the league, wouldn't it? If, if well, that's it, right. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It, yeah, it's a shame in many ways that it doesn't stay like that for league games for us. But yeah. for a personal, they did try and bring it in, didn't they? I think through yeah. lockdown, wasn't it? It was, but wasn't it blocked by but the national league teams this yeah. summer? Yeah, yeah. by yeah. A, f- yeah. a few of them or something. And yeah. I understand why. If, I'm, if I'm honest, they had weaker squads and smaller yeah. squads, and they. They wouldn't be able. Yeah. They thought it would give teams like us an advantage yeah, over them. Would, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, actually, ironically, I do think that it's right that we're not allowed to do that because we had some games this season against where teams have only had four subs, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, I think to be fair, I think you got. But from a selfish that. point of view, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it'd be glorious for us, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. But, but no, I think it's it's right that. And sometimes the national league can push a bit too much and it feels like a body which protects small clubs at the expense is, of bigger clubs. Which is good. In many ways, it, it, can, way. it yeah, can be. Yeah. I can be. I think sometimes it's a bit silly. I mean, look at this whole streaming farce. Yeah, it's a different, so that's a different kind of you know, fish. Sometimes it, it feels like small town thinking, but 
in this case, I think it's quite right yeah, that we're yeah. not given the chance well, to, to you know, use our wealth. To you, you have to you have to protect the smaller clubs as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but it's only right. What the national league can't see is that it actually will benefit the smaller clubs from the income from the live streaming that yeah. the smaller clubs are going to get, yeah. and that's what. The, they're blinded to see that, you know, yeah. because we've got all these fans who would like to see games live in America or whatever or Canada. Well, it's going to bring income in for these smaller clubs well, like Wheelstone. I, th um, I think with the streaming, I think they don't like it because it's our idea and yeah. not their idea. Uh, it's farcical, and, yeah. and I, we, we've said about it before, and I'll never stop moaning about it, but it's just absolutely ludicrous, and, yeah. and that's why, that's why I'm reluctant to talk about them protecting smaller clubs. I sort of don't want to say that because they aren't. No. You know the facts that Wrexham are offering to stream games, getting big figures, and then spread it across all the other clubs that are at no charge. There is no downside to that apart from the, the National League board's ego being bruised, yeah, yeah. and they don't want to take handouts from us. Well, I mean. Other clubs who are small don't have a small ta town attitude or small team attitude, and, and they would just be—they were very welcoming to us, and they have the attitude of, "Well, thank you very much. This is brilliant." It's you know, post-COVID, post-Brexit, mm -hmm. people are struggling for money, and we'll get some free cash. Especially you with know, you know, electric, all the charges yeah. going up, you know, electricity, yeah. you know, yeah. football clubs are electricity. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. looking to move their games forward, so yeah. they don't have to put on their lights, yeah. you know. So, and that seems to be getting stopped, as I understand it. It? it doesn't seem like that's going to be happening. So, you know, I mean, how's bells? Let them have some free cash. Yeah. So, I would argue, nationally board and more, they've got a small mentality than they look after small clubs. I would argue. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Totally. And That's when it. they do look after small clubs, it's by doing things like spreading the expenses, uh, <laughs> compensation for COVID yeah. equally amongst everybody, mm -hmm. so that certain clubs, we won't name names, no. although at least two of them were the clubs of the people on the board at the time, would get more compensation for COVID than they would normally get for their crowds. Yeah. While big, uh, clubs with bigger attendances would get nothing. And to be fair, there were small clubs like Maidstone stepping up and saying... But that's wrong, you know. We didn't have to complain because small clubs are doing it on our behalf, and I think that says everything about how a lot of these small clubs have got excellent sensibilities and see things correctly. And the board is just a, a small group of power mad people. Why would you want to be on the board of National League? Because <laughs> you think it gives you kudos, so you can say no to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Big yeah. whoop. Well done, lads. <laughs> well, Ryan Reynolds enjoyed our commentary today. We he enjoyed. Did. Yes. We enjoyed. The game today. Mm. It's, it it's, is, it's quite it's surreal that he's actually there listening yeah. to us at the end of it, and you yeah. think, yeah. And I hope he does enjoy. Genuinely, I hope he does. And I think he yeah. does. You yeah. know. Um, and it was nice, you know, but a couple of fans tapped us behind. They yeah. didn't have a program at the end of the game, yeah. and I they'd flown in from New York this morning, so I gave her a program, uh, my program. That I gave to her because she didn't have a program. They'd flown in half past six this morning with a family to come and see the game, and they'd yeah. really yeah. enjoyed it and. So so lovely to see, and she was so appreciative yeah. of of the town, the club, and enjoyed the experience of being at Wrexham Football Club. Well, on the pitch and off the pitch, it's really exciting times here at Wrexham. Uh, big game on Wednesday and a big game on Saturday with um, uh, Scunthorpe and Wealdstone. But after this, we're going to talk about some of the darker times of the club. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. Well, I'm at the racecourse, it's Monday night, 
and well I've seen plenty of football here over the years I've seen plenty of things in football I've never seen an FA Cup draw live though until tonight fancy to be fair first time I recall Wrexham ever hosting the FA Cup draw but after winning on Sunday against Oldham Athletic here we are and well it'll be a different experience to see exactly what's it going to be like BBC are broadcasting it there's the OB truck over there let's pop in and see what's going on so here we go we're here in the centenary club of course that's where the magic happens anyway but even more so with the FA Cup draw happening here the actual trophy is over behind there somewhere I don't even quite see uh, we'll have a closer look at it in a sec and yeah, the cup draw course is redolent of sneaking out of school at lunch times for me to hear what the draw it will be. Uh, our face is up in the, the heavens and it's complete luck who we will draw. I've been having a chat to a few fans to see who they would fancy again. Uh, I work with a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so I'd like to knock them out. A big name, that'd be home or away, I'd take either. That's the beauty of the cup, isn't it? Possibly embarrassing a friend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just give bragging rights, it's, yeah, well needed. I don't really... We'd rather have it at home? Yeah. Yeah, we're good at home, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I think the, the boss had it right. A League One club at home, I think. Excellent. You fancy a cup shock? You don't You don't want an easy path through? No, no, definitely not. No. Tell me, who do you fancy in the draw? Shrewsbury or Crew? Or you a proper, proper bit of action? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, any home yeah. tie. Is that fair, don't you think? Oh, the, the boss is not happy in the corner. Who are you, who are you going for? Portsmouth, home or away? Fair play. So we're confident here. Get anyone at the race course, we're going to have them. Four and Woods. Four and Woods, why? That's a fair comment, yeah. <laughs> Give them a good uh, pasting for the, when they beat us when we came down. It's been a long time coming, so yeah, can't wait. Shoes, all the way. Perfect. Well, the magic's about to happen. Mickey Thomas is going to be doing the draw with Jermaine Beckford. Mark Chapman ready to get things off. Let's see what happens. So coming here to the race course are number oh. one, ten, oh. ten, oh. ten. Oh. Yeah. What do you think of that farm at home? Ah, it's a good one. It's uh, a winnable tie, isn't it? Which yeah, is uh, what we really want. So. And like I say, we're at home, and we're yes, flying at home anyway, aren't exactly, we? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's not, too, not, not a National League opposition. Well, I think it's a good draw for Wrexham to be at home. I think, you know, obviously the crowd will be behind the team as usual, and no disrespect to Farnborough, I think Wrexham should be advancing to the third round, and hopefully a plum tie, so we'll see how that one goes. They took West Ham to a replay in 92, and if yeah. they'd won it, they'd have been here after we beat Arsenal, so yeah. they finally get so to come in. Yeah, they've got some form, possibly, you know, getting through to the second round themselves. So yeah. I think it'll be a good game, and they'll test us. They'll raise their game being in front of the race course crowd, but I think hopefully, yeah, Wrexham should have enough to beat them. An advance, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fun. 
and it all went rather nicely. Great atmosphere in there. Kim Dutton was brilliant being interviewed and good old Mickey getting us a home draw as well. And there was free food. And that's the most important thing. So nice one. See you farmer in the cup. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. So, uh, an FA Cup draw that was fairly favourable. Uh, and we're going to be moving on to talking about a few things today about the uh, Royal British Legion. And Mark, we've got a potential uh, bit of interest for people here. Yeah, absolutely. And between me, Neil and you, uh, Bill, will hopefully remember the details. I <laughs> and I should point out as well, uh, in case you're all confused, that Bill has now jumped into the, the live portion of the show. Myself and Che do have quite interchangeable voices, don't we? So, well, I've never seen together in the same room. Uh, no, certainly not. <laughs> not even at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yes, um, Kevin Forbes is running the poppy appeal for the Royal British Legion this year. And the, he's also running the RBL Sports Collectibles 2022 campaign, which is some really nice pin badges, which have a poppy and also a club badge. There is, as far as he knows, only one left that has been unsold. And he wants us to auction it off to raise funds for the RBL. So you have got until Saturday morning, let's say, shall we say, midnight Friday night. Yep. Mm -hmm. Use on Twitter the hashtag RBLWXM. RBLWXM, yeah? Royal British Legion, Wrexham, yeah? Just think of Red Bull Leipzig if you're confused. <laughs> RBLWXM. And you tell us what you are willing to bid for the last Red Poppy Wrexham badge. And you'll be able then to pick her up in the pop-up shop which is in the Enterprise Hub in the middle of town. The old Iceland. Yeah, where yeah, Iceland yeah. used to be. That's right, next door to Cafe Nero, Callon Studios, or on the floor above, between 10 and 3 on Saturday. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, can't correct. believe I remembered Very good, Mark. any uh, of yeah. that. Never mind in, all of it. In fairness, I was struggling to remember, which is why I deftly <laughs> handed to you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. um, please do not go to the Callon offices in Iceland. That's the old <laughs> Iceland. You don't want to be going all the way to... Uh, the Iceland Food Hub across the road or even Iceland the country so make sure yeah. that you come to the Callum Studios in if you, town If you find yourself booking tickets to Keflavik Airport <laughs> then you probably have well you probably won the badge to be fair if you're willing to spend that much but you're probably making a mistake No they're looking for a donation so rather than paying for a flight to Iceland so uh, Yeah exactly yeah. so if you want to pay like 250 quid it's probably yep pretty much what that would set you back. I mean, please do so. I mean, we are the highest bidder gets the prize. And obviously, you know, the, there's uh, quite a close link between the sport and uh, the poppy appeal with mm. the World War One uh, Christmas game that took place. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of soldiers out there who, who are football fans, Wrexham fans, fans of all sort of types of sports. And it's a really good cause. So please, you know, if you have the, the money available and you would like to the, don't donate for that, have a go at putting a price in on the hashtag and see if you can win the badge. I mean, there are so many ways that the certainly the, the Great War and the Second World War obviously are linked in with football because football is not divorced from society, is it? Yeah. It's just thinking of uh, great figures. Uh, Walter Tull, the first black footballer in Britain who played for Spurs their first season in the top division, was also the first black officer 
in the British Armed Forces mm. and died on service in, during the First World War. Uh, we have players, multiple players, Wrexham players, who served in both conflicts and some who died in the Second World War. Uh, there, there is, and fans, of course, you know, I mean, football clubs actually recruited uh, soldiers as football team battalions. Yeah. In, during the First World War. Now, whether that was a good thing or not is a boot debate, I suppose. But nonetheless, there is a deep-running relationship which, yeah, and dishonours. got to say, it goes to a very, very good cause mm. because the British Legion do a lot of things behind the scenes helping, you know, they have hospitals, they have nurses, they look after the elderly, they, you know, people have problems in the home, they'll go and assess their homes if there have been any of the forces, provide furniture, chairlifts, anything. So it's all going to... a a great cause so uh, dig deep guys and, and girls and uh, see what we come up with an offer absolutely Paul Mullin, Mullin sort of transfer fee money I'm saying yeah yeah 100k come yeah. on start the ball rolling <laughs> <laughs> great stuff I'm Aaron Hayden and this is Dragon Hearts so on last week's show Mark and Neil had a, an incredibly interesting conversation about the what what we suppose we could call the Hamilton era, very regrettably. Um, I've got to be honest, as somebody who obviously lived in the town during that all happening, I wasn't really a huge Wrexham fan at that point. I think the fact that um, the club was potentially going to be lost from us was actually what started myself and my mum and a few other people from going. So just just you know, not that you need to know my history but my auntie always took Che to the games I went every now and again I wasn't really that fussed I used to sort of follow, follow Villa because of my dad's family but I was just a bit more into my computer games and everything but I think that period really sort of ignited myself and a few other people to start going to the games that risk of the club being lost was a was was a huge problem and obviously a lot of people are aware of what happened but that finer detail was really interesting to delve into Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, there's nothing makes your priorities clear like the danger of losing your club. When I was a kid, I used the privilege that I think all kids from small towns are allowed to... I know we're a city now, we weren't there. Um, allowed to have of... You support your local team and a, and a big team. You know, as a teacher, kids often ask me, who do you support? And I'll say, Wrexham. And they'll say, yeah, but who in the Premier League? And I'm saying, well, Wrexham. But when I was a, when I was a kid... It's fair enough to have one of each. And yeah. Liverpool were my team. And I remember very clearly the point at which I thought, I'm making a decision here. And it was the mid-80s when I'd been about 15, 16. And you know, Liverpool, a bad season for them was only won one or two trophies then because they were a phenomenal side. A bad season for Wrexham was, we're finished now. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there was terrible problems in the 80s, purely financial rather than yeah. any external factors. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I that was what sharpened my focus and made me realise, yeah, I like Liverpool, but Liverpool's my team. Your hometown. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think the risk of, of losing that as a as a uh, an asset to the town really was what, like you say, sharpened my focus at the time. And, uh, you know, it it sort of went from maybe bad to worse is the, the not the way to put it, but it wasn't an easy... Once we got rid of Hamilton, it wasn't necessarily an easy ride afterwards, was it? The club had a a, a lot more than just fixing that situation. Oh, well, yeah, it felt worse in a way. Out of the frying pan to the fire, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, the problems were multiple, multiple uh, rather than 
singular, the ownership. Yeah. Um, before we go to that, though, of course, I, I need to make an apology to Neil because I, I made I, I did admit it on air when I realised it on air. <laughs> that, uh, one of the main reasons that we thought it would be interesting to talk about is because Neil uh, did some outstanding work to support the club during the Hamilton era. Well, this is just in, at the beginning of the trust when the trust was stopped, mm. first formed. Yeah. Everybody's trying to raise funds to help the trust mm. to run the club the best they could. And and basically, yeah. I, 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 for some reason, got mixed up and thought that's the thing we cover in the 2010s, but yeah. of course it, that was incorrect. And so I only realised when we had about five minutes left and I'd completely forgotten to talk about the thing I desperately wanted to talk I, about. I, I think considering how much problems, how many problems there have been at Wrexham AFC, yeah. you know, that you'd be forgiven for yeah. mixing up <laughs> when these things happen. <laughs> yeah, but Neil, I mean... the, the Tell us your story as a fan. We've given a little taste of ours there, but yeah. I mean, your f- whole story about travelling is phenomenal. Since I was seven, I was I was first taken to a game, a Palace game, and we we could have got promoted, and we didn't because Palace beat us in the last minute or equalised. I can't remember. I was only young, and my uncle took me, and I was hooked from that day forward. Never supported any other club, and I used to live in a village ten miles inside of Mould. No buses. I used to walk if I wanted to come to a game. I'd walk six miles to get a bus, then get bus mould to mould and mould to Wrexham and back and walk, you know, winter time in the dark. But then I discovered our milkman was a Wrexham fan, other people in the village, and I got, kept getting lifts. But in a later in life, I moved to Cornwall, which was 320 miles away. Um, but I, Wrexham was still my team, you know. I went and watched them a few times to play at Plymouth. Um, but Wrexham was always in my heart, my soul, and in my blood. And there was nothing like coming back to North Wales to watch watch the game and um, bringing the lads up to watch it as well. Um, and she saw my, my nephews to it as well, and they're, they're fans to this day. Um, and while living in Cornwall, we, we went through these real bad times with the Hamilton Gutterman era. And, you know, they were crying out for help. How do we save our club? And raising funds. And the only Hang, I, hang on there, before you go any further, that's as I'm saying, so you were regularly commuting it wasn't very just an occasional no, very regularly you were regularly yeah. making that 650 for, for, for home games yeah, yeah. I mean, actually did a lot of away games I mean the furthest went to was Carlisle but oh, but that Carlisle was Carlisle from Cornwall but that was on a trip on the way to Scotland so it wasn't so bad still so, but yeah we, we went to Carlisle and, and you and still walked him. yeah you still walked at night to 650 miles <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> no so I, I would say I've been oh, to so it's a bit of a wimp the majority <laughs> of the old league two and division, well, division yeah. three, division four grounds. Um, but it was a passion, it was my passion. I used to love the journey up here in the car. You'd pass all raised football supporters on the motorways, especially stuck in traffic jams, and most of them would be, be great, but you get the odd few which were not so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved, loved the experience, and I was all part of the, the day coming to the football. So yeah. And then when six, the- six hours each way normally. When, wow. the, when the roads went, you know, before they upgraded a lot of the roads down in Cornwall. So, yeah, 12-hour return journey from, from Cornwall to back in a day in 12, you know, 24 hours. It's impressive, that, Neil Fairley. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, you look mm-hmm. at commitment yeah. to the And dictionary. that got That's even more saying. intense when we were going through this difficult time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was living in Cornwall and I came up with the idea of, of collecting every football shirt in the Premiership and National League all signed. And I did a lot of travelling around the country collecting shirts from clubs. I had a, a lot of people help me from in Parliament, from all over the country, going to various clubs to collect them, and, and Geraint was great at the club, 
because you had a central collection point where where they came into. Um, so yeah, it took twelve months to get there. The purpose of doing that is to raise funds for, for the, the residents of Waters Trust. Correct. Yeah, that's the only way I could think of being able to do it. Living three hundred twenty miles away, nobody else came up with the idea, and and I met a lot of lovely people doing that. A lot of really nice people who helped out in in organising all. And yeah, it was. It took a year, nigh on a year to, to organise it. Sending a letter out to every club, finding out who who to send the letters to first of all. I think Burnley was the first one that came back and. Mark's got my letters at the moment yeah, to read yeah. to, and Burnley sent a lovely, lovely letter with a, with a shirt, and I think that was the first one that came in. And they kept rolling in and rolling in. There were a couple of issues with a couple of clubs. Walsall sent me, I think, like a third shirt, and it was like a kid size, but it was still, it was still autographed, and I paid £10 for that one. They wanted 10 I said, oh, yeah, no problem. Um, I remember going rushing to Tranmere before a game, before, well, I think it was at Fans United, when all the Brighton fans up here... We had a, a parade of them round the ground before the game, and I rushed to Tramway before that game because their shirt was ready for me to collect. I went and picked that up before the game and came back. Then we paraded them all around the race course before the game just to try and promote them. I got on Radio Wales, they got hold of the story, and I was brought into the studio down in, in Truro in Cornwall to speak live on Radio Wales to try and promote what I was doing because I just wanted to try and raise as much money as I could for the trust. Um, so yeah, a lot of effort went into it, a lot of time, a lot of phone calls. And to be fair, my, my work was so good. Mm. They paid for all the postage out for the stamps and whatever and didn't mind me making phone calls. But yeah, we, we got there eventually and, and you know, the last shirt we, we actually got was just before our final at the LDB Van final in Cardiff. And that was when Ian Lucas personally went over to Man City and bought the shirt for £40 because they wouldn't give us the shirt. Wow. And that was the last shirt to come in was from Man City. And then I had fans from, I think, 12 different clubs parading them all around the Millennium Stadium, as it was then, in front of the, the South End and the Wrexham fans. And the ovation that they got then was, was fantastic. And that's what promoted them. And after that, they went up to Sotheby's in London where I put a, I put a reserve on them. I wanted a decent amount of money because it was, it was a very unique collection. Nobody had ever done that. And no, there, was, there was no collection like that of that season so I put 15,000 reserve on it so with work I worked it with work I was going to go and see somebody up in London anyway so I went to Sotheby's and watched it and I withdrew it because it didn't make the full price and we had a phone call from a guy in Anglesey after and he bought it through Sotheby's so we started to pay commission <laughs> so in the end we ended up with £13,500 which wow. we donated wow. to the trust fair play um but then that led on to I got contacted. Somebody contacted the the club and, and spoke to Geraint. They were doing a book about football fans or, or football in general, whether it be the manager, whether it be the physio, whether it be the club doctor, whether it be the the reverend at the club. And they chose me out of everybody as a long distance football supporter. And the guy yeah. was called Chris Green. He was a presenter on radio too, but he was writing this book and. He phoned me, Garant gave me him my number and he called me and said, can I include you in my book as a long-distance football supporter? So he came and spent a day, 24 hours with me of my preparation, what time I got up, travelled with me to the game, travelled back with me <laughs> to, the, to Cornwall, just for that experience. He, he took pictures of me with the number of shirts I had to bring up with me to, and that's all over my car and, he, and that's in the book. And I got to go to the book launch, which was held at 
because he was a Worcester chap, he based in Worcester, and had a book launch at Worcester City Football Club. So I've got a signed copy of that book called exactly. Match Day It Is. And yeah. it, it's a great read, not just because I was in it, but every aspect of football is in there, you know. When I'm trying to think of the, the Norwich guy, was I think was he like the chairman or something they covered from Norwich and met some really nice people. But yeah, that led on to that, so got into the book as well. Wow. Fair play, Neil. I mean, you think of that shirt collection now and how much retro shirts go for. If, if that mm. person had kept all those shirts, that probably be worth a fair amount of money now as well, wouldn't I it? I must say, I've actually dropped Humphrey an email telling him about all this, asking if possible, we, I think I've still got the details of the guy who bought them in Anglesey, when we build this new stand, the cup <laughs> stand, whether we could acquire those shirts back as part of our history of what we went through. Mm. And present them in that cup stand somewhere. Yeah, that would that would be something, wouldn't it? it would. That would really be something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair play. Well, Neil, hats off to you. I mean, I I barely got you know at times I've I barely had the uh, the motivation to get up out of bed <laughs> and walk ten minutes to the race course from my house. You know, that's that's some dedication. Um, and then we came up to the, the vigils. It was on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nighttime yeah. vigils. I, I took part in one of those as well, absolutely. Yep. So yep. The- underneath Mold Road stand, mm. and then after we got the LV Vans f- Trophy Cup, I actually had the idea then of asking fans to have their photograph taken with the cup and charge them a fiver to go, and that those that money went towards the trust as well. It's just ideas for just because I love that club, this club so much, you know, and, and all I did was I, you know raise as much as I could to, to save the club. The vigils were literally candlelit vigils, they were, weren't they? they? Were, on a mold road. Yeah, the yeah. ground was, uh, well, was going to be knocked down, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd been given notice to leave we by had. the end of the season. Yeah. It was going to be bulldozed, the oldest international ground in the world. Uh, the council had failed to protect it, quite frankly. And so the only course of action was that the fans would have to save it yeah and so yeah uh, so candlelit vigils through the night mm-hmm. basically just to try and send that message of and just like committed. The, the wider pe- public know what was mm. going on you know and, and to be fair the number of people who stopped and, and hooted on the side of the road with the cars and whatever was was, was great and, and, and you know it all helped we got there in the end it's incredible isn't it, 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 it it's like you said about the book that football football is about the game itself and it's a fascinating game but the real fascination about it in a lot of ways is how it affects society or reflects society how it affects culture and as Ryan Reynolds rightly said, sport is a story mm. and and a massive part of that story is how it interweaves into the fabric of people's lives And yeah. even though I have this sort of feeling of well it's, it's a game for me, it's a hobby for me but is it? You know, really, is it? Is that all it is? Because it's something that my life revolves around to a massive yeah. extent. Yeah. And there's no, there's no shame in saying that. But it's, it's actually the revenue that brings to the area, the people that bring mm. to the area as well. You know, to yeah. the local businesses, especially if you've got big wave following coming. You know, it's a huge, huge industry. You know, ten thousand now. You know, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And we all got to thank Rob and Ryan for for taking this club on and, and seeing the potential. And Disney's Mark Griffith. Oh, of course. <laughs> that's one for the bingo card, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, that is brilliant in the commentaries. Uh, but again, the club might not have been here as well because 
this is I'm, I'm jumping the gun now. Oh, here we are, Neil. Neil jumping into the future. Don't tell uh, us what happens next season by having no, the no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, when the trusted trust did a great job of looking after the club. Um, you know, we kept it debt free and whatever, but we we were having a concert for the club mm. then, and was one of them cancelled? I think the year before for whatever reason, yeah. and the club were short of money, real short of money. And to get the next concert on, they they needed an injection of money. And the, a very good friend of mine, luckily, had sold a farm on the Alaman, and they approached her, and she lent the club a hundred thousand pounds just to keep the club going. Fair play. The, I mean, once that concert had come in and all the revenue came in from that concert, I think it was the Olimers concert. Once all that had come in after that. They played it straight back, but without that money again, the club may have, may have ceased. It's, just, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, we have some fantastic fans following yeah, the football club. We really do. Yeah. And, and like and you say, Mark Griffiths, on, you know, is another one. Well, yeah. sorry about that. The <laughs> history of it, you know, he, he, he is <laughs> Mr. Wrexham. Nah, and I just I, think the documentaries missed out a lot with regards to the history and the, the people who've. who've There's. There's so much to tell, though, isn't there? Yeah. There's so much to but tell. The nitty gritty. The American fans would love all this, you know, and would empower. I think they'd, they'd be more involved and feel more love for the club because what the fans have gone to and the step, you know, they've gone to to try to save our club, you know. Well, I, I think that's why I feel that we're in a very privileged position mm-hmm. because we're able to attempt to tell those stories that yeah. we think are important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, through Dragon Heart, through commentating, through different things, to actually trying to tease that out so that people are interested in more detail. Because to be fair to the documentary, I think it, you know they've got to make it sellable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of you I, know, I, I think that would have been very sellable as oh, well. Yeah, I yeah. think it would have talked to the heartstrings of a mm-hmm. lot of people. You know, yeah. seeing. No, it wasn't just that. It was Wayne um, and his mate who walked to Cardiff, you know, and did the... Um, Stu, was it? No, it wasn't Stu. I can't think what his name is now. He's a very good friend of mine. He sits in the old road stand. Um, but they walked to Cardiff and they had a bucket collection all the way. The amount of bucket collections we had at all the grounds. I think I covered this last week as well, you know. And, you know, fans from other clubs are fantastic. Absolutely mm. fantastic. Oh, massively so. And I've got to say as well, that my experience of away games is away fans and away press um, just feeling happy for us, which is nice. I mean, you know, online you're going to get people yeah, being jealous, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I mean, there's it, lots of people online, whether they're real fans or not. The people who bother to turn up to matches are <coughs> pleased for us because they can see it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a funny one that, you know, the, the, the goodwill you're talking about with the shirts, I know that a lot of that is the actual club that have to sort that out, but I feel like... <laughs> Pre-Twitter or pre-social media, football fans were a lot more connected. To the club. I mm-hmm. don't think... To, to each other, I think. Definitely to the clubs in, in, diff- in different ways. Mm-hmm. But to each other, I think you could meet, let's say, a South End fan, if you were a Wrexham fan, and feel like, oh, we've got a lot in common. You're a lower league fan. I'm a lower league fan. But now it's kind of like... You know, it's a, it's a, almost like a race to the bottom of, oh, your club's rubbish because of X, Y, and Z. I think gem- genuine proper fans aren't necessarily no. like that, but social media, you know, for, especially for, for younger fans or international fans who might only be exposed to other fans through, through social media, social media yeah. like it's, not, it's not like that. You, you, bump, you, you make friends through your life yeah. or you bump into people mm-hmm. you know, and you speak to them, and actually we've got a lot more in common with someone who supports Notts County than some, yeah. some bloke from... London who supports Liverpool because he watches them on Sky Sports. Yeah, but I think as well. I mean, 
all football just reflects society, doesn't it? Yeah. And sadly, society in general has become more cruel in a lot of ways. A lot of things that would have been massively unacceptable to say 10 years ago seem to be becoming more acceptable now. Some people use social media to promote that, and so you're going to get people seeing that who are aggressive on social media, and a lot of people who are fantastic as well. Um, yeah, I still think the vast majority of football fans know full well that we shit, we all are football fans, and that's the most important yeah. thing. But it is sad to see the, the nastier edge. I mean, I suppose the obvious example is that you know you get people shouting abuse at Liverpool fans about Hillsborough, which would have been mm-hmm. unthinkable um, at the time and in the years afterwards because football fans, fans were, as they should be, wholly united in order to you know, get justice for us. And, and the, the fact of the matter is that all proper football fans now wouldn't do that either. Yeah, it, it, It's just a, a subset of society, isn't it, in a way? There's that shock factor. Some pe- some A small minority, but... A minority, nonetheless, you know, it's still a number of people want to be those notorious lot that are on Twitter with the videos throwing round yeah. or just just getting their sort of name mentioned. And I think times like what Wrexham have gone through and other clubs sort of show that we can actually work together to try and help each other up. And the the, the football leagues benefit from us all surviving, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it ends up a fairy tale ending for us, really, isn't it? Mm. You know, we've gone through really bad times and, and a lot of clubs go through those difficult times. They've all, you know, there's quite a few out there struggled and had problems, but we couldn't have asked for a better ending for mm. us, you know. this, And it makes all that hard work that all the fans did to save the club so worthwhile. Yeah. Can and I, I do it again tomorrow? I, I'm, I, I know you're a, you're, a, you're a humble man and so I'm going to embarrass you with this question, mm-hmm. but how did it feel to see those guys walking around the pitch in Millennium oh. Stadium the reaction they're getting how does it feel to know that all your hard work has come to that that was in fruition yeah yeah, yeah. we've seen it all going around the, and, and the applause and the support they got from the fans around the pitch was absolutely amazing fantastic and I thought that might have given us a lot more advertisement for the auction but it didn't but it didn't match at the end of the day but the achievement of getting them all in was, was the main thing you could just just take a deep breath and go, oh, thank God for that, you know, they've yeah, got them all yeah. and they're all available now to go to auction. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really think about it like that, Mark. I yeah, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't go spouting off about it, but oh, yeah. this look what I've done, blah, blah, blah. But no, it was just, it wasn't for me, it was for the club. We are so different. We are. <laughs> we are totally, <laughs> totally different. Disney's Mark <laughs> Crawford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I achieve something Perhaps tiny, can, I will let everyone know about it. Perhaps but, you can make a little film for Disney for it, Mark. There we go. Do you reckon? Well, yeah, maybe I yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I think, you know... Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Mouse got final, hasn't it? I think, you know, from Disney's Mark <laughs> Griffiths to another Disney franchise, that first part of the Hamilton era was kind of like the first Star Wars, wasn't it? A New Hope, you know, the end of it where uh, the, the Death Star's been blown up and... They feel like there's there's all the parades and everyone feels like the job was done. But <laughs> the next part that we'll be talking about next week uh, in the second set of troubles is a bit more like the Empire Strikes Back. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. we will get onto that a little bit more. But our our current era is almost like Return of the Jedi, isn't it? You know, the Rex Rexham are coming back, yeah. and I think. Uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years. Let's just hope we don't have any dodgy prequels to go through as well. <laughs> I, I, I've got to say that the worst part for me was when Dennis Smith was frozen in carbonite. <laughs> oh, it's just awful. That. 
I mean, that could actually be. Oh, we'll we'll wait until next week until we start talking about Dennis Smith. Yeah. I think there's a lot of yeah. the, the 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 weirdness of the next part will be there'll be a lot more football drama in some ways to yes. talk about as well, won't there? Mm. Um, I feel us as a as a club being robbed of our league status is as yeah. much of a bigger part as the as the the shenanigans that were going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, it's a very dramatic story, and in that sense, I I really do fall in with what Neil's saying, that it would have been a heck of a story to use in the documentary because there's, there's football drama in it, uh, there's there's off-pitch drama, which actually is a bit more complicated than the Hamilton one, like I said, so it's... You can make a drama just about that section of our history. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do have one last question about the shirts, though. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know Walsall's kids' shirts? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't a Dean Keats shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> Sorry, he, Dean. <laughs> he, he's quite claim for Walsall in 2005. There you go. Could well have been, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I want that bombshell. After a quick break, we're going to talk about the upcoming games. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. Um, we won't, well, we'll be very, very quick, actually. But there is a game on tonight as this is going out, which we won't talk about as we don't want to date Dragonheart too much. And then a game against Wealdstone on the weekend. So the uh, Reds, Loyals will be travelling all the way down to just outside London. Uh, I'll be going, me and Che will be going. We had a fantastic time last year in, in those stormy conditions. So we fancied another four-hour trip. Not not quite a Neil trip, but a four-hour <laughs> trip to get down there again and, and uh, do that. Any thoughts? Well, Scunthorpe um, are interesting in so far as they've had an interim manager for a long time who has sort of stabilised them, but they're still one point off relegation. So mm. they're drawing a lot now. I just feel that it's, it's two away games like this, the key thing is we've just built up momentum with, I, I think, the best block of games we've yeah. had this season. Four games where we've not just dominated and scored goals, done that all season at home but we've actually been consistently on top of those yeah. games. We haven't had those dodgy moments. The fence looks solid. And, and now we've got two games to look to translate that into away form as well. Very winnable games as well, both of them. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah. expect to come away with six points. I'm sure Phil Parkinson would expect to come away with six points, but football's not like that, is it, guys? So, uh... No, it's not. I mean, we've got a chance to potentially go top of the league within those two games as well. Mm-hmm. If... Uh, you know, we we were to win tonight, or at least results would go our way on Saturday. So it's looking tight, isn't it? I I watched Notts County game last night. I was really unimpressed with them. Oh, is that a kiss of death, Mark? No, I'm just saying no. what I saw yeah. last night. Yeah, um, I I am confident we won the league. Um, yeah, and looking so. at that didn't hurt my didn't change didn't do anything to change my mind. They were no. I know they led twice, but they were very fortunate to beat a, a South End team who to be honest, didn't look all that great, but had a lot of heart and took the game to them and not to count it, the sort of defence that looked like if you put real pressure on them, they would have cracked. Uh, watching in Milad and he says, if they play like that when they come to our place, they're going to suffer. And, and frankly, he's 100% right. I mean, OK, yeah. you can have an off day and the pitch did look very wet, but still, they, they did not look yeah. great at all I think we're growing as a team we're yeah. getting more confidence as a team as they gel as you know Lee comes on or whatever I think it's making a huge difference to us no matter who you bring on the pitch 
the quality doesn't change on the pitch anymore. We're a solid unit. No, it's it's you know to be able to swap yeah. Elliot Lee for Tom O'Connor. Yeah. There's n- there's no other team in the league that has that sort of uh, luxury, is there? Okay, well. Oh, excuse me. Thanks for <laughs> Bill's buffering again. I'm buffering. <laughs> um, follow us on all the socials. It's at Dragonheart Show on Twitter. We're also all over every other place, probably. I, I'm not sure. Chase, the socials guy, I always seem to get this wrong. Don't forget about hashtag RBLWXN. Get your bids in. Get that sorted. And listen to the game tonight on the Wrexham And listen player. to the game on tonight on Wrexham Player and on Saturday on Wrexham Player and follow us on YouTube and all the other places. Thank you very much. This has been Dragonheart.